Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255. 754 shows, and I look forward to them more and more each week. Hello, wow. Mr. Napolitano. Hello, Mr. Rushforth. Good morning, and Paul, one in a row now. Good for you, Alan. <laughs> Here we go. I, I, you, know what? I, you know what I was waiting for? When Steve said 754, I was waiting for you to say, yeah, Paul's been on 500 of them. <laughs> you think that high? Oh, stop. stop. I guess it, I'm, I'm sorry that I do have a bit of a life, guys. You know, so I, mm. you know, and, and let's, let's be honest. Dora likes to fill in for me. So, you know, she, she does a good job. So it's, it gives me a break once in a while. Well, she does a great job, actually, filling in. Yeah. We did miss yeah. you a little bit, Paul. Just a little bit. Oh, I listen, guys. I listen. <laughs> I was actually, I was actually doing a listing presentation in, in Dunrobin Shores while you guys were on the air, and I came out and I listened to you guys. And you only bashed me once when I listened, so that was pretty good. Yeah. What do you like better, being bashed in person or when you're listening? <laughs> <laughs> Sitting on a jet ski is not a listening presentation, Paul. Stop it. <laughs> I was doing a listing presentation to my girlfriend. Hey, All right. Hey, <laughs> you mean you mean listing like after a oh, beer? Oh boy. <laughs> hey, I, I think we're gonna have to start doing the show three, four times a week to keep up with all these changes. It's unbelievable how quickly things are moving along in this market. Never, never on the mortgage side and interest rate side have I seen anything like this. Absolutely incredible what we've seen in the last three months, four months, everything that's happened, starting with the war, which I can't, I still can't believe has happened. And still ongoing, although it seems to be hitting the back pages now. It's certainly not forefront like it was the first couple of months. But but that has created a cycle that just hasn't gone away. I mean, the, the oil prices, it's disturbing because I think our government is supposed to be there for us. And they are far, the farthest thing from being there for us. Gas prices going up the way they are and the cost of everything else going up, they can control that. Maybe lessen the taxes a little bit on gas so that the gas prices are reasonable. Maybe take a little bit of a hit on the gas. Instead, what they're doing is they're throwing Canadians on, under the bus. And what we're seeing is mortgage rates skyrocket to levels that we haven't seen in two decades. We've seen Bank of Canada raise prime rate 50 points for the first time in 30 years. They've done it back to back. And now the pricing on the bond market is suggesting potentially a three-quarter of a percent increase on July 13th, which is absolutely unheard of. Yeah, it's never happened uh, before, right? Never happened before. Never mind. Like I said, we went over 30 years with the half percent increase. We've had those back-to-back and now three-quarters of a point. So, And this is a short six months ago when Bank of Canada predicted that maybe Prime would go up a quarter or half a percent towards the latter part of 2022. And look at how far off they are. And yet this week, they're putting articles out there saying that Canadians better prepare for mortgage payments of 40 to 50% higher three to five, uh, four years from now when they can't even predict what was going to happen six months ago. <laughs> we're seeing, we're, we're actually seeing these, the, the rate increases of actually putting a damper on the real estate market. And just like last year in you know, June was our, our highest um, average sale price. And then July, it started to slide a little bit. We're seeing that again this year, uh, except it started a little bit, a little bit earlier. I mean, April was, you know, 738,000 where May was 734,000. So saying that, yes, we've gone down about $3,500 on our average sale price in one month. We're still up 12% year to date. So we're still, we're still doing well. People have still built a lot of equity and made a lot of money on their homes. Uh, but you know what? 
you go down $3,500 and all of a sudden all the fear mongers come out and, you know, every article I'm reading now is we're crashing, we're busting, we're in a bubble. It's, and it's, it's, it's a so far from the truth. We're, we're not in a crash. We're in a correction. Um, and in a correction, we just plateau and flatten out. And, and I think that's what we're going to do just like we did last year in the midsummer where we just sort of plateaued and went down a tiny bit, but keep in mind over the last 16, 17 months, our average sale price has gone up over $200,000 and over 40, over 50%. Yeah. So, you know, we've, we've built up a lot of equity over the last 16, 18 months. Um, so, you know, if you have to, if your house goes, you know, if you have to sell your house for, you know, $20,000 less than what you're hoping to get, you've still gained a lot of money on your property. Properties that, you know, two years ago would have been selling for, you know, one, two, three, four hundred thousand $400,000 less than they are today. Uh, so we're still in great shape here in the Ottawa real estate market. Well, the SoCar experts are predicting that if you bought in February at the peak, by the end of 2023, you'll be down about 15 to 18%. No, Don't no, so. no chance. No chance. No chance. I mean, there, let's be honest. February was was a big jumping month. I mean, we went from the average sale price to start the year of 645000 to the end of February, 722. So, you know, that's, that's about $80,000 increase in your average sale price in those, in the first two months of the year. And then we've, we've climbed, but we're just climbing slowly now. So to say that we're going to go down 15 to 18%, it, it's just, it's not, it's, it's never happened in Ottawa. It's never happened in Ottawa. Who made that prediction? CMHC? Uh, I remember that a few years ago. I think it was Desjardins actually. Yeah, I remember a few years ago CMHC making that prediction and went the opposite ways. So, so again, take take predictions with a grain of salt. And as much as Paul and I predict from time to time, we're using the data that's given to us to make those predictions. But at the end of the day, that data can change so quickly. And we've seen it just in the last four months where oil prices have skyrocketed because of circumstances out of our control. And as a result, we've seen impl- inflation hit 7%. Somehow the jobless numbers are absolutely incredible. I mean, there's there's less uh, unemployment now than there probably has ever been. Yeah, five point one percent. Yeah, which is incredible. I mean, you know, but you know, is that going to continue? Is that going to sustain itself? That's the big question. Is are Canadians going to be able to? You know, I watched and and listen, the CFL is not the NFL, but I watched the CFL first two games this weekend, uh, and there were a lot of empty seats. Here's an example of of spending patterns that I think some people are going to do without. You can watch a football game on a 65-inch TV instead of going and saving yourself a couple of hundred bucks. You can do without that expense. You can do without the expense of going to movies and watching Netflix. So there's a lot of things that are going to come away, and I think the the companies are going to feel it the most, or at least the industry. I think it's a service industry. The restaurants and the hotels are going to really feel it, I think, uh, over the next three or four months. Which is which is such a shame because through the pandemic they've got crushed, right? I mean, a lot of those Agreed. people were were on CERB and restaurants were were crippled. You know, I had uh, I went and had a coffee with my daughter the other day at a little coffee shop in Orleans, and uh, the owner's a friend of mine, and and she was saying they're just just starting to be full staffed now from COVID. Like people, she was struggling to get people to come back to work. She was working six days a week, every single hour in that business. She was working and she's like, I just, I can't get anyone to come to work. And now she's finally starting to get full staff. So, you know, to say now that people aren't going to spend money in restaurants and shops and things like that is, it's, it's tough to hear because it's, but, but you're right. I mean, who has the excess money right now? I mean, besides you, Frank, but I mean, who has the excess money to go out for dinners and and all that stuff with all the money you're putting into gas and groceries. I mean, you go to a grocery store and you, you, to walk out of there under 200 bucks is like lucky, you know? Yeah, it's getting to the it, point you can't even afford to buy breakfast. 
Paul, by the way, Paul, I cut my own grass. I don't have people cut it for me. Oh, that's your problem. <laughs> no, no, no. You see, who's got money? Yeah, but he's got a Lamborghini lawnmower. Greg's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> got a little postage stamp lawn, but he has a he has a right on mower. Yeah, you know what's happened though with restaurants? Is a lot of the restaurant employees have gone found other jobs, and therefore that's why the restaurants are struggling so much. But at the end of the day, I think restaurants maybe are staffed properly because if they see a slowdown, at least they're not going to be in trouble that way. But uh, right now, I mean, patios are full usually, and, and restaurants are struggling to keep up uh, with uh, the staffing measures there for sure. Hey, one thing about the Bank of Canada, though, they're predicting that in five years, the variable rate will be still below what the fixed rate is today, even with all hey. these increases. So is yeah, it- but again, take predictions with the grain of salt. I mean, today, there's no question that, you know, it's expensive. I mean, some banks have already hit 5% for a five-year fixed, and that's their discounted rates. Now, I'm going to give the banks a little bit of credit. They haven't changed their posted rates. I have no idea why, but the banks haven't amended their posted rates, which is which is a head-scratcher for me because that's a huge profit center for them when customers break their mortgages, but for some reason they've left it. So that now if you're getting a five-year mortgage at 5% and the posted rate is 5.4, when you go, like if rates start to come down, you can get out of that mortgage with very little penalty because you're you're going to pay the difference between interest differential. Now, it depends on how much those rates come down is going to determine what that penalty is because they got to lend out the money at that rate. But at least, you know, the, um, you know, the, the interest rate differential will be reasonable as opposed to what we've seen over the last 10 years where, where it's been absolutely impossible to break a mortgage for yourself. So, Hey, why are all the stories doom and gloom? Is it just to grab headlines? Of course. Of course. No one wants to hear good news. No one's, no one's paying to hear good news, Steve. People pay to hear bad news, right? Like, and you know what's, you know what's going to happen, right? We're, I mean, the, 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 our word recession is, is, let's be honest, we're heading that way. Yeah. And, and, and there's a lot of people, I've had two people this week say, oh, no, I'm not going to buy now because we're heading to a recession, blah, blah, blah. You know what? In a recession, a real estate market is still solid. I mean, yes, our, our, our spending goes down a little bit because we don't have the funds, as many funds. But at the same time, a real estate market can be very solid through a recession. So don't panic about buying right now. The best time to buy, Steve, is when? Uh, yesterday. Absolutely. The best time to buy is yesterday. Get yourself. Well, two years ago would have been no, ideal. Two years ago would have been, <laughs> would have been really <laughs> ideal. But... Yes, true, true. <laughs> <laughs> you find you, know, you find Paul. You know, Bank of Canada. Bank of Canada talked about well. You know, three years from now, your payments are going to go up forty percent. Why didn't they add to that as well? And by the way, for those of you that took a five-year mortgage in twenty twenty, your house has probably gone up about twenty-five or thirty percent as well. And if you're living in that house, tax-free income. So why did they say that as well? Why, you're right. Why does it always have to be the bad news? Why not sprinkle in a little bit of good news? Why not sprinkle in the fact? Why not put out the stats? The Canadians today have more equity in their homes than they've ever had, ever in history. Why don't they say that the mortgage percentage versus property values is at the lowest it's ever been? Why don't they talk about the fact that banks are still saying that their delinquency rates are at all-time lows. Why aren't they talking about that? Instead, they talk about the one thing that really gets a lot of Canadians nervous. And like, they're not nervous enough with everything that's going on. They got to worry about that as well. And not only that, it may or may not happen. Mm-hmm. So true. You know, 521-TALK, 521-8255. We'll be right back with more good news from Frank and Paul.
we return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back to the phones. We go and say hello to Carol in Ottawa. Hello, Carol. Hi, Carol. Hello. Hi, we're ready for you. Okay. So my daughter wants to buy a townhome. She just started a full-time job after graduating. But she's not ready to move into that townhome, so she would like to rent it for now. And the bank is telling us that if I give her some money, it has to be in her account for uh, 90 90 days. days. Now, is there a way that I could either put myself in the mortgage uh, either as a buyer 1% um, like own 1% of their house, of her house or how can I go about skipping that rule? How much of a down payment are you putting? Well, it would be 20%. Okay. So, at so, least so, yeah. So what I would say in that scenario is I would say that uh, you can go on potentially as a guarantor, but most, so guarantor is a better way to go than being a co-signer. Um, okay. Guarantor means you're not on title, it means your daughter would own 100% of it. And you're just okay. there to help your daughter qualify. Now, does she qualify on her own or, or does she need you to qualify? No, she qualifies on her own. Okay, so that's good. So, uh, but uh, have you already bought the townhouse or no? No, not yet. So well, we've been waiting uh, I, I, I mean, for this 90 day thing. Well, again, so have you put the money in her bank account? Not yet, no. Yeah, so here's the issue. The issue is the lenders don't accept gifts on investment properties. If she was buying it to move into it, then they would be accepting it. So again, I mean, I, you know, if you can give me a call off the air, I'll give you some tips as to how to get around that. Um, and, and I think there are some money saving tips there as well. So give me a call up off the air if you can on uh, on Monday and I'll go through a little more details with you. That's Frank's way of saying he's got a dodgy idea for you. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. But I just think that, that um, you know, um, putting... There's got to be a way. Doing, there is a way. So, yeah, just give me a call. Did you, okay, have, have you found a townhome yet? No. No, not yet. Oh, did you call Paul yet? <laughs> uh, we're looking at, I'm looking at you, Paul's uh, website. <laughs> cool. Paul, awesome. Paul, will find your, Paul will find you a home run. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks, Carol. Thank you. Bye-bye. So only on investment property, Frank, do you have to wait the 90 days? No, no, on any property you have to, like, you have to prove 90 days of down payment, and that's an anti-money laundering clause, a policy that every single lender and bank is following these days because it's under watchful eye of uh, government officials. So, Even if you can prove it was gifted to you? Well, the problem is uh, gifted is not allowed on investment property right, purchases. Right, but a regular house you can. On, if she was moving into her house and, and the mom gifted her money, then that's okay. Now, some lenders are asking, for source of the funds as well. So if the mom is giving her the the down payment, then the lender could ask for 90 days statements on the person who's giving the money. And again, it's all about money laundering. It's not about like, a, personally, we hate asking for that, but we have to, because I don't want to get into private. And then once in a while, we get clients that black out certain transactions on a statement. Again, not allowed. I don't want to know what you do with your money. It's really none of my business. But unfortunately, if you're borrowing money, and I'll say to clients, listen, if somebody's lending you money, they kind of dictate the terms. Uh, no different than if you're lending somebody money, you get to dictate the terms. It's no different at the bank level. 
uh, and they have to follow policies. And again, the policies changed tremendously and became much tighter in 2017 with the introduction of the stress test. Before that, it, the banks would make decisions based on risk analysis, based on net worth of a client. Today, it's all about the income of a client so that they can qualify for it. And the documentation has to meet the guidelines that are set out by OSFI. Frank, what's what's like, why does she have to reveal that she's buying it as an investment property? I mean, she couldn't, she said, listen, I have a friend who buys investment properties and he's been divorcing his wife about 18 different times and he owns 18 different investment properties, right? So he does it yeah. the other way. He does it the other way. So he doesn't have to yeah. put 20% down. He's separating from his wife, buys an investment property, separating from his wife, buys an investment property. Like you get caught, you're in trouble, but you know what I mean? You, are, you will, you will. So that's a risk. I mean, the risk is that you get caught. I mean, CRA is going to catch on eventually. And honestly, I'm surprised if default insurers haven't caught on. I, I, I'm not sure that he's doing the 5% every time because they make it really tough once you own more than one or two properties to qualify because they only take 50% of the rental income and, and at the same time, uh, you, uh, you have to qualify based on the entire expense of the mortgage and everything else. So, you know, unless somebody's got an income of a million bucks a year, it's really difficult on a on your average, even above average income of 150, 200,000 to qualify once you get to that second, third, fourth property, especially with the prices of homes these days. Yeah. Are you saying, Frank, that if, if you're gifting money to your kids, let's say you or Paul yeah. wants to gift money to the kids, the lender could come to you and ask you where you got the money from? 100%. They have the right to do it according to the regulations hate, that are put in place that. right now. I hate So that. do I. But again, I mean, they're, they're saying, what if it's somebody else is laundering money through you? So that's, yeah, but again, when did they the, look at when worst did case the, scenarios. When did the bank become the police? Well, so, so here's our argument all the time. Why are we having to verify where the money came from if it's already in a bank account? Yeah. Why doesn't that bank take responsibility for verifying where the money came from? Why does it have to be the second level where the money's uh, already gotten in there. Somebody could, puts $100,000 in a bank account that they think is suspicious. Why isn't that bank who's accepting that 100,000 doing the verification as to where the money came from and doing the money laundering, making sure it's not laundered money? Why is it, why is it fall on the next person who actually wants to use that money to buy a property? That's the question we always have and we always get shut down on it. So Frank, well, Paul, Paul you, you go through it too, right? The real estate agents go through a money laundering as yeah. well, don't you? Yeah, we, we do. We have a thin track that we have to fill out as well. Um, yeah. So it's done by you guys, done by us as well, just to find out where the funds are coming from, what they do for a living. Um, yeah, so they, they put that on us as well. I just got such a small percentage of people do money laundering. Like all this is happening because maybe one-tenth of one percent of of, of, of anyone in Canada will, will launder money. The other 99.9% .9 are paying the price for it. Hey, Frank, I just got a text from a, from a friend who's listening who said that there is a bank that will allow a gifted down payment for investment properties. Um, um, is, is, well, is they'll, they'll allow yeah. it. They'll allow yeah. it, but they still have to wait 90 days, no? Oh, they'll still have to wait 90 days. Yeah. But you can, it can be done through that one bank, I guess. But I'm sure there could be some. You know, well, like, gifting, gifting eliminates the 90 days traditionally, right? So if somebody's gifting money, generally a parent won't gift money until, um, you know, a week before. Like, why would they give the kid the money 90 days before if they don't need it until a week before? So Desjardins will do it, but Desjardins will probably ask for the gifter's 90-day statement as well. So. Where and that's the issue, like like you said, Steve. I mean, that gifter doesn't necessarily want to provide sure. that information. All they're doing is gifting money. Why do I got to 
show show my private information. That's where that's where it becomes an issue. I I find in many cases. Yeah, so privacy is out the window completely. Totally out there. I mean, it's out the window, and I think Paul's probably dealt with deals in Quebec. In Quebec, they require the commitment of the person who's buying the house, so the vendor gets to see exactly how much of a mortgage the purchaser is getting. I, I think privacy is right out the window on Quebec. Like they will not. So in Quebec, we didn't see what we saw here. Like there was no property purchases without conditions because you had the only way you could do that is if you bought it cash and you provided a copy. So now you're providing a copy of your bank statement to show that you actually have the cash to buy it. Where if you're getting a mortgage, you can't even just issue them a mortgage commitment unless there's absolutely no conditions. They specifically need a letter from that bank, not even from a mortgage broker, specifically saying that there's no conditions outstanding and the mortgage is firm. Wow. I don't know much about laundering money, but I don't know that a lot of people that launder money will run to the bank and put it in their savings account. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're buying cash. They're buying things cash already. 521-TALK, so. 521-8255. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back with Frank Napolitano and Paul Rushforth. This is Steve Gregory. Paul, we uh, we didn't talk about how many listings we have on the market these days, and it seems to be going up every week. Yeah, they are going up every week, and we're seeing a lot more options in, in certain areas. Um, you know, certain areas are still flying off the shelf. Oh, there goes my dog. Certain areas are flying off the shelf and certain so, areas Somebody aren't. just signed a listing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there, we're, we're just under 2,500 listings on the market right now. And, and that, for all the realtors listing, that's in area 601 to 9404. Because I've had people call me afterwards and say, you were a little shy on the listings. But no, I'm not. Um, so 2457. Last week, though, was a busy week for listings. There's 819 homes that were, were listed last week. Um, and only 496 sales last week. So the, the listings are definitely outpacing the sales right now. Uh, there was a large increase in the number of listings by week. Uh, there was also a little bit of an increase in the sold properties and the average sale price was a little bit stagnant over last week. So we're starting to see a little bit slower of a market. You know, the, the month, months of inventory were at about 1.2 for residential and about one month inventory for condos. That's, uh, well, that's, a, that's a little longer, huh? Yeah, yeah. So we're still in we're still in a seller's market, but certain areas feel like we're already teetered to where a balance a balanced market, and then there's certain areas that we feel like we're in a buyer's market. You know, um, I look at sort of a, a you know a townhouse market in like Findlay Creek, which is usually a really robust area. There's like 24 townhomes on the market in Findlay Creek right now, so it's it's teetering into a buyer market over there. Wow. Um, is there a home run I- market right now? Yeah, there's a few home run markets. I mean, people are still looking in the downtown core, the new ed, those kind of areas as well. Uh, where my where my girlfriend sold in Chapel Hill South, you can't even keep a house on the market there in Chapel Hill South, or Chapel Hill North, sorry. Uh, you can't even keep a house on the market there. Anything sells in that area. So um, there are some home runs. Is that where you live, Paul? Is that why? It's because that's where you live? I'm actually moving to Chapel Hill South. She was ah. in Chapel Hill North. Yeah. But <laughs> that's, why, that's why everyone's moving out. <laughs> <laughs> her house flew off the shelf because obviously who the listing agent was oh josh damn. that was josh damn <laughs> i thought it was the staging <laughs> it was the staging she's incredible at staging and she's you know she's had a couple job offers just from some of the pictures i posted of her house uh hey speaking of josh uh he's got quite the athletic uh son eh 
He does. He does. Josh was actually a really good runner when he was young as well. And his son is crushing it. I think he went to, I'm not sure if it was Ontario or Canada, but he was, he finished, he got the bronze medal. It might've been Ontario. Uh, so he's, yeah. you know, top, top three in the hundred meter in, in Ontario, which is crazy good. You wouldn't know it by looking at Josh today, but I hope Josh is not like I hope he is. He knows I'm ribbing him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know it's, um, yeah, he's got some athletic genes. His son was actually a good, uh, good goalie too, a good hockey player. But he's decided to uh, put a lot of his focus on uh, on a track. So, cool. Yeah, but so, yeah, Steve. Yeah, uh, back back to the market a little bit. It, we we are definitely seeing a bit of a slowdown in in the real estate market, which is which was expected. Uh, I probably would have thought it would have happened a little bit later, you know, July and August. But uh, you know, it happened pretty quick. It happened in April this year. Uh, but like I said, in the first. You know, we're, we're five months into the into the year, just over five months, and our average sale price is up twelve percent, or eighty eight thousand dollars. So we're just in the first five months. So people don't panic if you have to sell your property and you're worried that you might take a little bit less than you would have in February. Yes, you will, but keep in mind you're still up. The average sale price is still up twelve percent year to date, and that's coming off the heels of forty two percent over the last two years. So you've built up a lot of equity. Your house is worth way more than anyone would have expected. So don't panic a little bit. We're seeing some sellers now who are like, you know, my my neighbor sold in February for this. I expect this. Well, yeah. you know, yeah. that market was just absolutely insane. I mean, nothing we've ever seen before and potentially nothing we'll ever see again. You know, and now it's just the perfect storm where we got, you know, inflation's high, uh, interest rates are high. It, it's bound to slow down, especially with the, the cost of everything. I mean, I'll tell you what, though, what that February market did was it is going to get people more money for their house today compared to where it would have been six or eight months ago. 100%. 100%. I mean, being up 12% on the heels of 42%, I mean, where your house is, you know, a townhome now in the mid-sixes, the regular market would have been in the low fives, let's be honest. So it's... it's you do that it's, again, it's, Paul? You just, you cut out a bit there. Can you do that again? Oh, did I? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, a townhouse that is now in the mid sixes, if we were going through our regular market, we would be around five to, to, to low five, that townhome would have been worse. So, I mean, we, we've built up so much equity in our homes. It's, and, and there's no need to panic. I mean, we, it's, it's, it's a great market to be in. It's, a, it's, it's starting to be a better market for buyers and sellers now, rather than just sellers. Are you sensing are a- sellers, Paul, Paul, are sellers unrealistic still? You know, I had an example where, uh, and actually two examples where clients told me that they were looking at a place, they thought it was over, well, they didn't want to get into a bidding war. This is just a month ago. And they decided to opt out and the house did not sell for the asking price. And now it's listed for $100,000 more. And in my mind, I'm saying, how does that make any sense when you didn't get any offers at, you know, I'll say eight ninety five. And now you're listing it at nine ninety five. I think they listed at eight ninety five, hoping to get nine ninety five. And now that they didn't get any offers, they think that they can list it at nine ninety five and get an offer at. I don't know. I, is that happening? Yeah, it is happening, and I'll tell you why. There's a lot of times where people want that they believe their house is worth that million dollars, um, and they list it at eight ninety nine to get that million dollars. The problem is the buyers also know that's what they want, so the buyers basically wait and wait and wait. If no one makes an offer on the property then they hope to get it cheaper. Well, that's when the seller's like, no, you're not getting it cheaper. We're just going to put it up to the price where we believe it's at. And a lot of times it'll sell at that price. 
So it's a strategy that, that, that we've been using. A lot of people have been using. Uh, I think the days of, you know, underpricing to get way over asking, I think are, are, are done. I think we're going to see more people um, marketing properties and listing properties at market value, hoping to get market value. Well, you have you know? to because there's more and more competition now, right? There is, there is. I mean, like, I, I think when I, when I sold uh, uh, Petra's house and I sold my house, I think that was kind of like the last week of being able to underprice to get overpriced. Uh, there's certain areas that you can still do that, but you know, I was I was listing mine at 800 to hope hopefully to get a million, 950 to a million, right? Whereas now, if I was to list my house now, I'd probably list that 950 or a million just to try to get what I want for my house. So the, the market, the market's fluid. It's shifting really quick. And let's, let's be honest, next week I might be telling a different story. So yeah. it, it all depends what happens. But at least hey, it- Paul, you're in the real estate industry, but Steve and I are not like Steve. I mean, if you're looking to buy a house and you saw that one was listed at eight fifty, it didn't sell. And now it's listed at nine fifty. Doesn't that make you scratch your head and say, what's going on as a buyer? Well, yeah, because in a normal market, you would look at that and you'd say, well, if they got no offers, then there's something wrong with it. But in, right. in today's market, that's not, not necessarily the case, right? Well, that's because we're doing the show. But if yeah. you're just a, an average buyer... Well, if I was an average buyer, I'd this. be listening to the show, so I would still know. <laughs> so keep in mind, Frank, so, so here's here's the game that a lot of people play. So when I, when I sold my house, I had offer date on Tuesday at 3 o'clock. Um, but I'm is that open. gone now? Is that gone yeah. now too, or is that still happening? <laughs> Certain areas, it's, it's still okay. In certain areas, it's gone. But I did that. I put it on a Thursday, holding offers Tuesday at 3 o'clock, but I'll accept preemptive offers. So I was hoping for a bully offer to get the bidding war process started. I had nothing in my hand until quarter to three when I got my first offer. I was panicking. And I was asking, I was underpricing my property. So if I would have got no offers on that day, I would have, my thought would have been people didn't want to get involved in the bidding war. So I would have just put it up to the price I wanted. And that, that's what's happening. Uh, a lot of times, you know, people are waiting and waiting and waiting to the very, very end when no offers are coming in, then the offer date passes, then they think they can get it cheaper and that's not happening. So but, I would have jacked, I would have jacked my price up if that would happen. But might that happen in the near future, Paul? Well, I think in the near future, including right now, people should be listing their properties at market value. And I think the days of potentially, well, mo- some areas it's okay, but the days of sort of underpricing to get way over asking in, in a lot of areas, it's, it's, it's getting close to being done. So you better have an agent that knows what they're doing on both more, sides, on the buy and the sell side. More than any time in history, would you, do you need great representation to not only find the proper pro- property, but to sell the proper property. And the truth is, and the, and the, the, um, mentality out there is over the last two years a monkey can sell a house and it's true a monkey could have sold a house but the, the trained monkeys were getting you way over asking compared to the monkeys right yeah, yeah. in this in this point right now when the market's getting tougher and tougher and tougher you better get someone with experience and knowledge who knows what they're doing to get your home sold otherwise you're leaving thousands of dollars on the table potentially hey paul there was a time if you listed a house at 799 and your real estate agent brought you an offer for $7.99 or more, you were obligated at least to pay the commission. Was that happening during this crazy time when, um, so so they took that right out? Like, isn't isn't there a contract that says if you get me the price, I'm paying you the commission? Well, the price, the terms, everything. It, it, there's, there's but there were offers without conditions. So really the terms were being met. I mean, let's call a spade a spade. The last, you know, most of the last 18 months, Offers have been made without condition, so they were kind of meeting the terms, I would think. I always yeah, thought you had to sell the house in order to get the commission. 
Well, you can accept an offer is a sale, but I mean, you still have to close on it, right? Both the seller and the buyer have to agree. So it's not, and listen, that happened. There was a case in Toronto where that happened and the buyer actually sued the, sorry, the, the selling, the agent, real estate agent, yeah, the real estate broker. The real estate, so, yeah. Sued. The real estate agent sued the seller and that real estate broker is pretty much is not in business anymore because of it. Cause yeah. that was just bad karma, bad taste. It was social media right now. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you can't do stuff like that. You know, it's like, it's like a buyer. If I have a buyer signed to a buyer agency and they go buy a house without me, technically I can sue for the commission, but who's doing that? You know, can you imagine what my reputation would be if I started suing a buyer? That thousand dollars, that few thousand dollars would cost you a heck of a lot of money in the long term. It would cost you your reputation. Your reputation is absolutely everything in this business. And so it's, it's not happening, but however, that, you know, realtors are doing it. I'm, I'm willing to bet that some realtors are doing it. Hundred percent, they are. Yeah, but 100%. those are probably people that sell two homes a year. Yes, yes. Five two one talk. Five two one eight two five five. Back with our final segment right after this. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back to the show. Hey, Paul, you know what I never asked you? How was Petra's experience with Paul Rushworth Real Estate? I don't know. She's here. Do you want to ask her? Would she she be willing to tell us? She would be willing to tell you. I asked her, I I was doing a bunch of videos with my videographer yesterday at the cottage, and I asked her to do a video testimonial, but... um, she didn't feel at her finest, so she didn't want to get on camera. Yeah, she doesn't want to be associated with you. She'd rather be associated with Josh. Sure. Josh, sure. Is, Josh is the one that sold it, correct? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you know who actually sold it? It was my marketing and advertising. And, yeah. and, and Petra's amazing design and uh, staging. <laughs> hey, Frank, Frank, are people still having, do they still have any money at all to buy homes? Are you finding that... Are you approving most people that come in to buy a home these days? Pre-approvals are really tough these days. I mean, if you're if you're selling an existing home, I think your chances are much greater because you've built up so much equity that you're in a position of advantage. But if you're a first-time home buyer, you got to keep in mind, I mean, we used to complain about the qualifying rate being so high at five and a quarter. The only way you're qualifying now at five and a quarter is if you're taking a variable rate mortgage because outside of that, if you choose to take a five-year fixed, and listen, we still have, if you're buying a house with less than 20% down, you can still get a five-year fixed in the low fours. So, But you're still having to qualify two percentage points above that, which is a little above 6%. So qualifying is that much tougher. Anybody that got pre-approved when rates were a little lower two months ago, two and a half months ago, if they haven't bought a house already, unless they can find one that's ready in a month, a month and a half, that rate's going to expire. Builders are doing no favors to to, to uh, clients either because they're delaying the new build and the clients are losing their interest rates. And all of a sudden their interest rates are going up by half a percent, 1%. Why? Because the builder cannot meet the deadlines. And so, so we're seeing it impact so many on so many fronts, not just the first time home buyers, but even people that are bought a new build and sold their existing home and they're having to wait. And because of the wait, the interest rates have gone up tremendously on them. Frank, it's it's funny you're talking about the new builds and, and and delays and stuff like that. For the first time in ages, I've seen some really big reputable builders not hit their deadlines, and wow. it's uh, which is shocking. I mean, a couple builders that I'm talking about, which I won't mention any names, but I've never heard of them missing a target. In fact, is that a because of, of a lack of people or supply? It's a bit of both. They're probably lack. I mean, try try to get tradesmen these days. Yeah. Tradespeople, like it's not easy, right? I mean. They're, 
you know, like I, I have, you know, trying to reach out to trades people. They're like, yeah, I can fit you in in September. And I'm like September, you know, it's, it's tough to get trades uh, and supplies. Supplies is still really tough. I mean, go try buy a, go try buy a car these days. Yeah. You can't, there's, there's nobody has cars on the lots. I mean, lumber, the same thing. You know, people are feverishly buying lumber. Like it, and it, it, it prices are still out of whack. So it's, it's, we're still dealing with a supply issue and I think it's going to get even worse. I mean, you go into a grocery store now and you see the shelves and they're somewhat bare, some shelves because the, potentially the price of fuel to get to get uh, product here. Um, it's, it's, it's nuts right now with, with trying to just search for anything. Frank, will we ever see the day of a four and a half percent down payment, four and three quarter percent, four percent instead of five? I don't think so. But now that the housing market has cooled off, I think it's time for the government to relook at the mortgage rules, specifically for first time home buyers with the price of houses getting up as much as they are, I think it's time for them to relook. And I know a lot of people talk about a 30-year amortization. Never mind the 30. Go up to a 35. Stop with the with the with the motion that somebody has to have their house paid off at retirement. I'm still going to stick by the fact that if you get to retirement and you own a $900,000 home and you owe $200,000 on it, it's not the end of the world. You've built up $700,000 worth of equity in that time frame. You've got a, probably a very affordable mortgage payment based on the pension that you're carrying, and you can continue to live in that house. If not, there's something called a reverse mortgage out there that allows you to continue to stay in your house and not have to make mortgage payments. So I think we need to change the, you know, the road that we're going down where you're expecting Canadians to pay off their mortgages by a certain age. Yeah, but what is, I think what is their thinking on amortization? Why are they so against the 30, 35 year? Well, I, I think what they don't want is what we've seen over the last two years. But I think that now that we've gotten over that hump and the house prices are where they are today, I think there's less risk of the same thing happening moving forward based on where we're at right now. And if interest rates continue to stay elevated, then there's definitely less risk of that happening. So why not open that door for first-time buyers and at least give them some hope that they've got a chance of being a homeowner as opposed to right now, most of them feeling like, I can rent a townhouse for 2200 or based on interest rates and what the cost of a house is now, if I go buy a townhouse, it's thirty five, thirty eight hundred. I can't afford that extra fifteen or sixteen hundred bucks. If the amortization was thirty five years, then the payments are fairly similar, and you can uh, be able to buy a home. Well, we've actually seen the rental market actually come down a little bit. We used to have tons of rentals on the market. Now I think there's more people that are renting now. I mean, there's only in the three big areas: Orleans, Barrie, and Canada. There's only one hundred and forty nine rentals. At some point this year, we were at three hundred. Is that because we're in a wait and see mode right now for some people? Well, I think buying an investment property right now, especially a townhome, is a little bit tricky because you are you're underwater with your payment. No, I mean yeah. actual people trying just to buy homes. They can't. Yeah. Are they in a wait yeah. and see? Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, certain areas. It's, it's it's funny. Every time I mention that you know the market's cooling off, I'll get a comment from one of my agents saying, "Well, not in this area. It's not." I'm like, "Yeah, but I can't. Yeah. I can't pinpoint every area in the city." But as, as as a general rule, we're seeing a little bit of a cool down, which. Is not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, it's it's we needed that cool down. I mentioned before that if we went up another twenty to twenty five percent this Oof. year, we were in bubble territory. Yeah, big trouble. You know, big trouble. So you know, by us only only being up twelve percent right now, we're probably going to probably hover around that for potentially the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, I think we're we're not in trouble anymore. But if you if we would have went up a twenty percent, we were in trouble. We were in trouble. Birthdays, Frank. 
Yeah, I got a couple. Uh, first of all, a fellow realtor of yours, Paul, uh, Tammy Laverty, uh, honoring her dad, uh, Ed Laverty, who's in the Ottawa Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, today, they're hosting the Ed Laverty uh, Legacy Skills event. So congratulations, to Tammy, for keeping her dad uh, in the spotlight. Uh, birthdays, uh, uh, Mick, Mike, we won't call him Hot Tub anymore, Mick, Mike. His son, Anderson Hapke, celebrating his sweet 16th birthday today. So happy wow. birthday to Coops. Uh, Karen Lemire from our team. My uh, my good buddy, Frank Mariano, celebrating his birthday on Tuesday, the same day that my wife and I celebrating our 36th anniversary. So wow. Now there's a woman yeah. that really needs to have her head examined. Oh, my God. You, got, you got that right. That poor woman. My God. Oh, God. Paul, you got anything? So... Yes, I do. Um, one of my amazing agents, Ryan Angus, celebrated six years with the company on Wednesday. And the same day, another one of my agents, Rob Dill, celebrated his birthday. So happy birthday, Rob. Congratulations, Ryan. Nice. Awesome. Well, oh, oh, one other thing. James Daly from my team had a brand new baby this week. Uh, ah. His first baby. So congratulations, James. Congratulations. On your, on your little bundle of joy, Jackson. Nice. Well, gentlemen, have a good week here. Let's. I wonder what's going to happen this week. <laughs> oh, it'll be crazy, but please, please, please continue to support local businesses and charities. 